0: listening to another powerful message from
1: C3 Southwest Washington. We are so excited you're here with us, and we believe God has more in
2: store for you.
3: It is a special day today, and uh, we are, every, every time we gather, I think it's a special day. It's, for us, um, church is not just a place you go. In fact, it's very rare that you'll, you'll hear us talk that way. Um, this is a gathering of God's people, it's a family. And there's multiple expressions of God's family around this community, but this is is our family. And we're grateful to be able to lean in and watch God touch people's lives and redeem people's lives. And uh, if you're looking for a church family, we wanna welcome you to come and consider this place. But ultimately, God's got a place for you to get locked into and to become not an attender, but family. And that looks a lot different than just attending a church. Um, They're going to start me on a couple slides here to give a little bit of an introduction to the excitement of this past week. And uh, we got involved with foreign missions as a local church family from our very inception. Um, Years ago, as I started pastoring in a denomination, I was really frustrated because 16%, and Paige Ackler will remember this very well, 16% of every dollar that came into the church, we turned over to the denomination. And it made it very, very hard to support missionaries. And so we would try to raise extra money. And over time, after about 25 years of being in that denomination, I knew I just needed to make a change, not because I, I didn't like the organization, not because um, I, I just knew that for me, I'm going to the right and they're going to the left. And left is good and right is good. But I really also had a had a desire to be able to make a greater investment into missions and missionaries. And so when we we planted our church and as we've done a number of endeavors, we started supporting church plants as a church plant. And we've helped to plant churches in places like Japan. We built church buildings um, in, in Africa, all, all kinds of crazy places. And there was a point probably about 10 years ago where um, we began to see an opportunity to actually send teams to different countries. And as a smaller church, that can be a little bit overwhelming, but we had some guys that were had some construction ability, and so our first trip ever was to Panama, and we built a, about a I want to say it's about a thousand square foot house in a period of five days. Of course, it's a more tropical setting there in Panama, but uh, man, we worked from dawn till dusk, and we built a house that year, and the next year we went back and built another house, the next year we went back and built another house, and the opportunity there dried up because the leaders that were there were moving out of country, but we began to look for another place to go, and we got connected with Locally Forward Edge, which is a missions organization that's right here in Vancouver, and there were a number of established mission projects we're much more of a, let's jump into the thing that's almost non-existent, let's grind it out, and let's see something become that isn't, but should be. And so we started going down to Oaxaca. We yeah, were arguing about how many years ago it is, but it's, it's less than 10, but it's, uh, it's it's probably close to that. The first time I went down there, I flew down with a friend. We went and investigated the area. We met, met Victor and Letty, uh, who had a house, had moved to this area um, from a denomination as well, where their church didn't like how much time Victor and Letty were investing into the children of the community, they wanted their pastors available for their needs. And Victor and Letty said, uh, you don't really have needs. They're in your brain like these children have, and we want to serve these children. So they turned in the keys to their church and moved to an area where they are currently, where there, I promise you there was nothing there. And they began the process of establishing a ministry to the poor people that lived in the area. There's a dump in the area. And so we began going a number of years ago where there was just not much and we began the process of helping with different projects and supporting this team. And again this year, uh, under the under the leadership of Corey and Jenny Mowry, our great, great, great directors of our teams, uh, been able to take down another, uh, another group this year, which we have a picture of the team that was down there this year, um, coming up next. And just a beautiful group of people who got to serve together and serve well. And uh, they headed out, I think it was, uh, it was dark o'clock on a Friday ago, a week ago. A couple of us drove and dropped them off and they've been down there serving uh, diligently and they landed back into the country here on Friday. And so most of them are all here in the house today. So at this time, I want you to give uh, Jenny Mowry a big hand. She's gonna be coming to the platform to be able to share with you and do some interviews and we'll work our way through all that we have going on.
1: Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you for, um, again, like Abby said, just your faithful giving so that we could go on this mission trip again. And uh, and hopefully the messages today will spark a little something in your heart to maybe want to join us for a future trip. We had an amazing time this year. Uh, last year we had an amazing time, and I thought there's no way we could top it. And while we didn't top it, I think we we met it. It was different. It was just as good, though. And every time we go, it's amazing. So I can't emphasize enough how um, how impactful taking a trip like this is on the team that goes and also for those that we go and get to make an impact with. Uh, to start, I would like to share the verse, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. We've been in a series about discipleship, about being a disciple and um, following Jesus and, and where you land in those lanes. And and so this message, or this verse, I thought was so fitting to be able to go and be disciples, but also to see discipleship in the making. We got to see it. We've been able to see it over these last years lived out as these kids grow up, as um, they become leaders within the program, teachers in the school. It's been pretty amazing to get to witness over the last I've been there for the last six years, so being able to see little kids turn into adults who are now literally a teacher in their school, which is fantastic. Um, this year we went, and uh, there were on average 90 to 100 kids every day. And um, there's a staff of about 10 adults that we got to interact with daily, and uh, we did a VBS theme. This year, our theme was a sports theme, I should say, which was kind of hilarious because when we got the call that, hey, Victor wants you to do a soccer camp, or as they would say, football, um, I was like, oh my goodness, none of us play soccer. I think Addie played most recently. Evan was like five when he played last. I don't even know. I was like, I actually laughed and emailed back and said, I- do you have the right team? Are you sure you want us to do a sports theme? That would have been great last year with all of our youth, but this year I don't know. Anyhow, we we pulled it out. Uh, we we actually didn't end up teaching the. This- the soccer in the afternoon, there was another gal coming down to help with that. But we did a sports theme during our morning VBS time. And with each day, we focused on a different sport. And with each sport, we used it as an object lesson. So for example, we had um, volleyball. And, you know, that Jesus came to serve. Boom. And Addie, man, she hit it so intense. I was highly impressed with Addie's volleyball skills, let me just tell you. And I'm sad I missed her games because she is a rock star and I will be there next year. Um, But... Those object lessons were just something visual for kids to be able to see and to remember as they then are playing sports or see a sport be played. And we connected it to, um, of course, the love of God and following after Christ. Uh, we've got, we did some songs, which are always a highlight. Um, we led some crafts, and we turned those crafts into toys so they could take them home and have them to play with for the rest of the time that they last. Some didn't last the day, but (laughs) depends on the craft and the kiddo. (laughs) And then we also, um, of course, we took the kids out and we played lots of fun games. Uh, I'd like to have a couple people come up and share some of the experience that they had while we were there. So first of all, I'd like to invite Nate to come on up for a quick little interview. Hi, Nate. Can we get a... Excellent. Thank you. So this is Nate, everyone. Hi. Hi. (laughs) And Nate, what made you want to go on the trip?
2: (laughs) To be completely honest, Emma uh, wanted me to go see her, but my motive changed immediately. God just transformed my mentality into wanting to go and serve and just see a different aspect about uh, just the environment in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Did it change before you went or once you got there?
2: On the way there. Mm-hmm. We were at the airport, and I was just thinking to myself, and it just immediately just clicked. Nice.
1: Yeah. I'm glad. And you could see that in you there, too. Like, you were all in. Yeah. Yeah. All in. Yeah, on everything. Yeah. You know? Right. It was fantastic. <laughs> so... Um, So what was your overall experience like?
2: It was life-changing. It was really, it's hard to describe. It really is hard to describe. Yeah. Yeah, I can't describe it.
1: (laughs) Sometimes good things are indescribable. (laughs) It's okay. All right. Um, So did you have a favorite moment or um, a highlight from the
2: trip? I did. I got to be really close with Evan and Chance, a little too comfortable. Because to- <laughs> at first, uh, beginning of the trip, it just felt like I was going, to be honest, with strangers, because I barely known you guys for that long. And that just that whole week, I got to know you guys, and I, got, I felt like I was a part of a family. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So how long had you been coming to C3 prior to saying, I want to go on this trip? like a couple months maybe yeah Yeah, not not very long and then there's the stranger says I want to go I'm like I don't even know you (laughs) okay let's let's see if he really wants to go we'll wait one more week if he's still interested we'll talk and then the next week he's like yeah I want to (laughs) go okay he's serious now I got to find out like what's he about right (laughs) and he's amazing he's amazing um, I hear there's a new gang that was started in Mexico. What's it called? The Trace. The Bro Migos. The Bromigos. <laughs> Migos. Um, yeah, we're gonna make T-shirts later for them. So if you see them around, they've got a special bond. Don't try to break it. <laughs> but these do these trips do have a tendency to cause like create family, don't they? Yeah, family with us, our, our yeah. team, um, more connected in our church, and then, of course, the family connection down there at Trigo. Yeah. 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 All right, Nate, so one more thing for you. What's something God revealed to you on this trip?
2: Well, on the trip, God revealed to me the importance of just coming closer to him and seeking him more. Uh, just being there made me realize uh, that I am just like the children there. Their parents are always out working, just providing the necessities, which is clothing, food, and housing. That I saw that Victor was feeding one of the little girls there one of the days there. So it just opened up my eyes and made me realize that I need to look for God a lot more and look for his care and just love and just want to get closer to him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, give him a round of applause. I'm so glad Nate went on this trip. Um, He, again, like I said, he jumped into everything right away. He was full in on on all the different asks. Anything that was asked, he was there. And not only that, he speaks fluent Spanish. And so he was invaluable um, to help us translate. And he did it with just such a genuine uh, kindness and love and respect with all the conversations that he was part of whether they were private or public um, kinds of conversations so I just really appreciate you thank you very much yeah I'll take it now I'm double-fisted okay (laughs) Uh, our next guest I'd like to bring up is Tyler hey Tyler hello how you doing Great. We would speak in Spanish, but we don't want you to not understand no. us. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Not at all. <laughs> the oh, translating man. Um, for our two team members that spoke Spanish that was that was really helpful.
1: Yeah, yeah. We were very thankful to also have Jalees, uh, who's fluent in Spanish, and fantastic to step in and help out. Man, we had such a blessed team for those two Spanish speakers with us, Definitely. and regardless of if they spoke Spanish. It would be blessed team with them sure. regardless. That was just a bonus. <laughs> so thank you. All right, Tyler. So uh, I know you've been on mission trips before. And last year you went and uh, you and your daughter, your oldest daughter, got to go. So um, this is the second time going on a mission trip with your daughter. Right. What's that like?
0: It was um, a blessing for sure. I know a lot of parents probably feel like... Oh their kids are growing up and they get away and they always wish they had spent more time so I just took this opportunity to just make a memorable moment for myself being selfish that I wanted to so we actually got to be roommates so I just got to spend time with her and it was uh, it was really special you know just just knowing that I'm making these memories so that I'm going to be able to remember cuz she's about ready to drive and <laughs> go off and be gone <laughs> who knows maybe every day of the week so um, yeah I was really thankful to have that that time with her.
1: I know watching you together is really sweet. Um, You watch out for each other. And uh, I took a picture of them. And, you know, instead of just standing together, he, like, puts his arm around her and gives her a big kiss on the cheek. And I was like, "Oh, that's so sweet.
0: Yeah, really sweet.
1: Um, So how was this trip maybe different from last year's trip for you guys?
0: Yeah, I think it was just a matter of the team size. Um, It was just... You know, the nine of us, so I think we, I think I had to, everyone had to rely on each other a little bit more. Everyone had to be involved. I mean, I think last time was like, so whatever kids volunteered, I just kind of just helped out with what they were doing. This time, you kind of needed everyone. I found myself at times uh, by myself and then um, Joseph helping me who can't speak Spanish. So we're just like pointing and we're not even talking because zero and zero why open your mouth so like the fact that that just everybody got involved and and like I was just thinking about about Nate um, and I just got to observe everyone individually God working in their life as a trip I'll just use Nate since he just spoke I could do this for everyone because I just always tried to take an opportunity to observe what everyone was doing because there was less so I got to talk to Nate before we went on the trip. Um, Those of you that know him, he, you know, like works at a knife factory in the middle of the night, like doing man stuff. He's making man tools that people buy, you know. So this is the picture that I have of him before we go. And then we get there, not even slowly but surely, but right away he just sinks down to the kids, his level. And he's cheering and he's running and playing tag every day. So I got to see the movement from what I thought he was to what he still is and also is. So I think yeah. I got to see a broader picture of everyone that went. Yeah.
1: Tyler, I saw that in you too, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was great. I mean, you were all over that place. Um, like Nate, you jumped into anything that needed done. One minute you're like the coach for the pretend volleyball game you were having (laughs) and uh, pretending to like get after the kids, right? Right. And then the next minute you're throwing water balloons at them and then you're cutting boards at the shelf project and then you're back over helping, like you're singing songs. I mean, you're you're all in on all of it too and you're playing and, and enjoying and having a great time. He's awesome.
4: Mm,
1: yes. Yeah. So do you have a favorite moment or experience from the trip?
0: Definitely my favorite moment. So um, Alan and I were roommates, and she was responsible for to, to do the, um, what, what's the thing in the morning? The, the devotional. The devotional. And so we just got to sit down together that night, and I think for an hour plus. We just worked on it and see what um, the devotion said to us, and she prepared um, what was for the next day, and I just really appreciated that moment that I had with her, and she delivered the next day, as you guys know, um, just delivering everything she had planned and everything that was necessary for for that message. It was it was pretty great just to work on that with her the yeah. night before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: that is great. Um, I asked Addie if she would come up here too. She just wasn't ready for the platform yet, but she is growing in her leadership and getting to do those devotionals and standing up front it's pretty awesome to get to see that especially I'm sure as her dad
0: right. a little yeah. secret her and I did um, the message for the kids camp one day and I uh, secretly, I don't know if she noticed this, but I gave her all the hard parts because I planned out what (laughs) our thing was
4: because I knew that she could do
0: it. So I did what was easy, and then when the hard message came up, that was her section because I knew that she would pull it off, and she definitely did.
1: She did, for sure. Yeah. So is there anything that God revealed or showed you on this trip this
0: year? Um, Yeah, I just um, grabbed a hold of the first thing was the devotion on the first day was Thanksgiving. I think the, the next day was also, so... I just tried to prepare myself to be thankful for the uncomfortable situations. Mm -hmm. Just to be thankful that I had that opportunity to be uncomfortable and grow. Mm -hmm. And um, throughout the course of the week, that that definitely was the case, Um, just several times. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Tyler. So glad you came. (laughs) Thank you. All right. So um, we could have every person come up here and have great examples of what the trip was like. Um, unfortunately, we don't have all day. If we were in Oaxaca, we'd have hours and hours and hours for church with all the heat and the bugs and the hard chairs, but it's different here in America. <laughs> so I will move on with my actual, uh, the rest of my message for you um, So, yes, the amazing time that we had, of course. So many stories to share. And then um, in... A trip like when we go to Oaxaca, they always do a day where we get to sit down and hear a presentation from Victor and Letty. And this year was the first year that I had ever seen a slideshow that they played. They put together all these pictures of um, the progression of Trigo over the years. And so you can see the land that's desolate. There's nothing there. No house. No nothing. And then slowly you see things being built. So it's picture after picture after picture after picture and then uh, eventually the pictures develop to the point where it's like, oh, I remember seeing it at that stage, or I remember seeing it at that stage, and oh, wow, look at all of this. But standing on the compound, if you will, um, getting to look around, you see all that they have been able to accomplish. And you we got to see where it was, and then we're standing on what it is, and yet there's still vision for what it will become, which is fantastic. You take something that was nothing, and you work on building it, but you keep dreaming about what it will be. That is God's hope for all of us, right? To take where we are now, we work with him, and then he still knows our future and what we could do, what we could be. So this is always just such an amazing um, visual of following after Christ's heart and being faithful in his love for us. Um, one day, I was having a conversation with Victor. Uh, I think Nate was translating for us, actually. It was like the three of us, me and Corey and Victor and Nate. And uh, that's four. Sorry, I can't do math. <laughs> um, but he said, you know, because I was telling him, it's just—it's amazing to see and giving him kind of my feelings on it. And uh, and he said that it's really three kinds of people that help make this happen. He said there are those that pray, there are those that give, and then there's those, there are those that go. So pray, give, and go. And sometimes people do all three of those things. Sometimes people do two of those things. Sometimes people do one of those things. But um, pray, give, and go. And it actually made me think right back to our object lesson when we did our track day. So we had Jalees and Nate up there doing our track day. And um, in track, I don't know if any of you ever ran track, but they say, on your mark. And when it's on your mark, you get down in this position. I realize I wore a skirt today, and there's no way I'm going to show you on your mark. But um, you know, you get down, you put your hands on the ground, like you're on your mark, which is a kneeling sort of position. And in that position, we pray. It's that connection of when we're on our mark, we pray. We pray and we listen, because get ready is when you kind of come up a little bit, you're off your knee, you're up a little bit, and you're ready, you're listening for God. So you're on your mark, you're praying, get ready. What are you saying to me, God? What do you want me to do? Do you want me to give? Are you calling me out to go? But we have to be ready, we have to listen so that we know when God says, go, Because if we jump up and go when God isn't the one calling us, it's not going to work out so good. And God might hold you in this ready position or an on-your-mark position for quite a while, and it might feel awkward and it might be uncomfortable. You might get a leg cramp, but don't quit because God knows the timing, and God knows our hearts. And so on your mark, get ready, go. When God says go, go. Some things could happen to us along the way. We might get up and stumble and fall. Do we get back up? I hope so, right? We might think God said go, but we actually were just a little nervous and we heard the wrong voice. And we get up before the gun goes off and it's a false start. We might get up and start wait for the go, and then we start running. And when we run, suddenly we lose track along the way. Where'd the path go? I did this in Hood to Coast. I ran the wrong way. Can you believe that? Oh my gosh, one of the most embarrassing moments in my life. I'll tell you that story later. But, um, so you could lose track along the way and go the wrong way. You might end up getting loaded down with what the world says you need when you're on your way. We had uh, Jaleesa and Nate load down the kids with extra stuff as we demonstrated this idea of going and then, wait, 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 you can't go yet. You need like a, an umbrella because you might get, you know, it might rain when you're out there. You need a chair to sit in because you might get tired. You need, and like just loaded them down so that as they're going, obviously then they're so loaded down they can't really run the race that God's laid out for them well. So the idea is to just throw off all of that, like it says in Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us run with perseverance. Victor and Leti, when they moved to this area of Oaxaca, they heard because they were praying, they were on their mark and get ready. They heard God calling them to this area. They heard it so loud and clear that they turned in their pastoral key for the church that they were pastoring and they moved to this area. They sold their house in one day in a market where houses weren't selling. That's God. When you hear God say, go, the path is clear. They sold their house in a day. They moved to this area. They bought the land on the same day. Yeah. And that was 17 years ago. God gave them a vision to impact this entire neighborhood 17 years ago. And they have been running with perseverance since. They have been running the race laid out for them since. And the things that come and the things that hinder, they throw them off. And they have to continually do that. And they said yes to God calling them to go before they had the financial backing they have now, before they had teams signed up to come down and help. They did that because God said go, not because they had everything in place. They were trustworthy. They trusted God because he is trustworthy. Ah, Matthew 6, 25 to 33 talks about not worrying about your life. Don't worry about what you eat. Don't worry about what you wear because God will provide for you. God will take care of you. He knows what you need. And specifically in verse 33, so Matthew 6, says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Verse 34 says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Victor and Letty had to give their worries about how they would make this work to God, and he has provided faithfully. He provides through our financial giving. He provides through teams that come down. They are the real heroes. I know sometimes people go on a mission trip and they think, oh, I'm going to go do good. I'm going to go help. I'm going to go make a difference there. And, and, we, and you, you might. You might. But The real heroes are the people doing it daily, the people who are building disciples daily, the people who are living it out in the storm, not just when the rainbow comes out, but through the storm, through the darkness, through the tireless days and nights. In fact, while we were there on Sunday last week, a man came up front during our church service and gave his life to Christ. And Victor, actually two men did, but this one man in particular, um, Victor saw walk in. And as soon as he saw him walk in, he changed his entire message because he knew the message he had planned was not the message that that man needed. And he changed his message on the spot, and that man gave his life to Christ. But the Wednesday before we got there, that man knocked on their door in the middle of the night drunk, looking for help. He had hit bottom. And he knew where to turn. He knew who to turn to. To the people who are building disciples daily, through the storm, through the middle of the night, when no team is there, when money wasn't certain, they moved their family there, and they are making it happen. Because they heard God say, go. This man gave his life to Christ. Now, it doesn't mean everything in his life will be immediately better. He will still... Possibly have struggles, but he now has got on his team, and he knows he has a support system. In fact, his he's kind of raising his granddaughter right now, and she's the tiniest little thing in the world. His daughter left her, went to Ohio, and kind of abandoned her with him. And um, this little peanut, tiny little girl, uh, that's who Nate talked about a minute ago, too. And she... Um, has Victor's heart. You can see it. There was a moment where it was like the, the curtain opened and like if the sun could have come down, like it would shine so brightly on this moment that I was so blessed to get to witness. I look over and there's Victor and he is literally feeding her some soup, just like it's his little baby, right? And just feeding her soup. And There was something so sweet and so special about that. And then about, I don't know, half an hour later, I see him over here, and he is wiping the tears from a teenager's face and fixing her hair and giving her a hug. His heart is for all those kids. He loves big and loves deeply. And why would he love so big? Because... That's what we're called to do because God loved us. It says in Matthew 22, 37 to 39, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Man, we got to see a lot of love for the neighbors, a lot of love for all those children. And we get to go down... And love on them, too, which also helps fill their buckets back up so that they have the energy to continue doing what they're doing. They're reaching 120 kids regularly. They feed 120 kids almost daily. That's a lot of love you gotta have, and you can only get that through the love and the overpour from Christ, right? And in order to have that, You need to be on your mark. You need to be praying. You need to be ready for whatever God calls you to do. Because when he calls you to go, it's time to go. And that could be here in Vancouver. That could be with your neighbor across the street. That could be with your coworker. That could be with the person sitting next to you in the pew right now. We are called to love our neighbors. So let us do that well. Let us run the race God calls us to. And maybe, just maybe, in the future, you'll go, you'll be called to go on one of our next trips, which would be awesome. So, all right, you guys, thank you for listening to me. I'd like to introduce now my very handsome husband.
4: Well, thanks for uh, running through the introduction. So uh, we learned that from previous weeks. So um, <laughs> I see I'm, I'm out of time. So thank you. But uh, yeah. um, So <laughs> I've got 10 minutes. So Oh, actually, I left my phone with my notes. Do you mind bringing that to me? Thanks. Thank you. Um, so it really is a privilege um, to get to be a part of what's going on there. Um, uh, you, you just can't say enough great things about uh, the work that's going on and just how God has blessed uh, this. But uh, just want to share this verse. So this is uh, from Romans. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And if I had to summarize uh, what's going on there... Um, hope is the word. And I think if you really, if you dig into what's going on in the Gospels, hope, right? That's, that, that was Jesus, right? He's he's bringing hope. Um, to be in a hopeless place, man, that's a tough place to be. Uh, we were listening to a podcast recently and there was a great illustration uh, about hope and it comes from a, actually a psychological experiment from the 50s, so uh don't alert, don't alert PETA, but it does involve some animals here. So, uh, so there was a researcher in the 50s that uh, basically took some rats. Uh, we you know, we use rats for that stuff, and threw them in a tank of water, and kind of kept track of how long those rats would survive. And it turns out a domesticated rat lasts right around 15 minutes before it drowns, uh, and. So, you know, get a good control, got a, a bunch of rats, and then repeated the experiment with some more rats, but this time having some data uh, would come in at about 14 minutes, and they would take the rat out, dry it off, uh, care for it a little bit, and then put it back in the water. And what they found was that the, the survival time went from uh, 15 minutes, To around 60 hours repeatedly, right? So they had a consistent uh, result. And really, the only uh, logical conclusion that the researchers came up with was that by intervening um, towards the end there, it gave them hope. And the power of that hope, I didn't do the math and the percentage, but the survival, I mean, from 15 minutes to 60 hours, right? That's pretty incredible, and when you look at what's going on um, at Trigo, really, it's it's building hope. Um, You know, the the generational poverty, the um, the lifestyle of the people that they're serving uh, is pretty hopeless, right? Oaxaca is the actually the poorest state in Mexico. And this is like the poorest region of that. Uh, so, man, the power of hope is pretty powerful. And when you think about what's going on there, it's not just, um, you know, they didn't just pop a tent up and start a church and like, oh, you've been blessed, you know, and see you later. Uh, you know, the gospel, Jesus' ministry was much more than that. It was holistic. It was the, the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual together. Right. And that's what we see playing out there. Like, it's not uh, it turns out you need food (laughs) and it turns out that you need shelter. uh, But, man, it turns out you need Jesus. So the it's I find it humbling to be there, actually, to to be a part of what's going on there. To me, is just very humbling. You know, and we got to go down and we got to contribute um, lots of different things. So I was kind of in charge of a little furniture project. uh, in this school that has been built, but really just hanging out at that school, it's like a beacon of hope. Uh, And that has been on Victor and Letty's hearts uh, for 20 years, is to have a school so that they can provide kids the hope of a quality education. Uh, And to see that, to stand in front of it, man, that's that's pretty humbling, to see the provision that has happened there. Uh, And to be a part of it, man, it's even better. I mean, I'd stay for a month if I could, if I could help out in that way. Um, but it, just a privilege to be there and be a part of it. And I think um, Jenny alluded to the fact that a lot of times, short term missions, uh, you know, we're going to go down and we're going to, you know, save the world. But really, um, we really just need to partner with people that are doing it well. You know, I think it's, uh, there's a lot of ego involved to think that we're going to come in and do this. Um, better. I think really what challenges me is I need to look for those opportunities here too. I need to partner with people that are doing this well. I want to get around people that are doing this well, loving their neighbors, serving them. Uh, Man, I want to be around that. I want to be a part of that. Uh, I don't need to reinvent the wheel. Uh, You know, the gospel lays it out for us, you know, but I I need to surround myself with people that are doing it well and learn everything I can from them and go and replicate that. Uh, so again it's just it's a privilege to have been there it's a privilege to um, take a group down there so i just appreciate everyone's uh, prayers and supports uh it's it is an incredible thing and uh, we do look forward to uh, regrouping and figuring out what our plan is uh, to contribute uh, we've kind of talked through even some things that we want to um, continue to reach out uh, and contribute to what's going on there and we'll we'll keep you updated so we've got some got some ideas brewing so that's what I've got. Thanks. We it back to uh, Pastor Steve.
3: That's Corey. Um, worship team is gonna come. Why don't you Why don't you stand with me, and uh, let me Let me pray over you. There's There is. Uh, it's so great to be be involved with a church family. It really is uh, to be invested in opportunities like this. Uh, to watch Tyler be able to go down a couple years with his daughter. Of course, I've known Tyler since before he married Jen, right? And I was able to be at their wedding up close, that awkward moment where do you, yes, I do, go ahead and kiss the bride and you know, everybody comes in as the pastor, you're like all up in that and it's always awkward for you to try to back off. And uh, to watch their children be born and to watch uh, Tyler as a, as a man become stronger and Jen as a, a wife and a mother become stronger and then watch kids come on the scene and become, you know, adults. And have your daughter, one of your daughters next to you playing on the team. And that doesn't happen in a moment. It happens as life plays out. And what's so awesome about that is collectively, all together, we are able to work together to see that better version of all of us come to pass because we follow Jesus and we help one another to follow. And moments are created like a trip to Oaxaca, there are uh, opportunities to give and maybe this year you don't go but you gave so that someone could go and to watch these little deposits make changes in lives certainly isn't maybe on the tangible visible scale if you had gone to Oaxaca the first year and then went this year you would be able to see the remarkable change huge and 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 maybe it's not as drastic in a material level here in the states but from me to you and us as a church family, to watch the growth, to watch the maturity, to watch the discipleship, to watch uh, young men grow into strong men and grow into young husbands to become dads and fathers and eventually grandfathers, to watch people follow Jesus and to be a part of the process of them moving forward. And not just as a pastor, but as friends and as family, it's remarkable the stories and what comes together as we follow Jesus together, amen? And so I want to challenge you if you uh, have maybe been stirred, you know, with this uh, presentation today, it's something we've been a part of. Again, uh, Corey and Jenny's leadership makes this possible, and they lead so incredibly well, and they sacrifice their time. And if you've ever been on a trip with them, they're a a blast. I mean, they're well organized, they're great leaders, but they're also, they know how to have fun. So you have the time of your life, but I would challenge you to consider the idea, especially as a parent of maybe even dreaming about taking one of your young, uh, there's an age limit to it, but taking your children through the years to be able to go. I know two of my three adult children have been able to go along with me on a trip and it will stick something in them, especially as an American living in a middle-class setting. Uh, you, something will be stripped away when you go and put yourself in an environment like that and serve and watch what people, I mean, some of the people in this area, they still don't have electricity and still don't have bathrooms, I mean, we uh, project a couple years back. We went down and built some community bathrooms. That was our our the thing that we did. I mean, you don't in your neighborhood. There's no community bathroom because you probably have two or three bathrooms in your house or apartment, right? So that's the level. And and taking especially a teenager, not that any of our teenagers are entitled or feel like you know they my life stinks so badly. Uh, take them on a trip and you watch not only their life be transformed, but then you'll realize that you're not much different than them and your life will be transformed as well. Amen. So thank you, Corey and Jenny, for the for leading the trip. And, and to echo what they said, thank you for your generosity and giving. Uh, be a part of Vision Builders. A uh, percentage of all of our Vision Builder income has went to that trip to make it possible. There's a lot of behind the scenes building costs and all sorts of stuff that we're able to do. Uh, dream about the future. If you're interested in finding out some more details about maybe a future trip, see them afterwards. They'll be in the lobby. Also, jump onto our Facebook page. There are a lot of pictures there that you'll be able to just go through and be able to see what it looks like and you know, links and everything to, uh, we'll be able to put up there to Trigo, so that you'll be able to learn more about their ministry and find out how you can get involved with that as well, okay? All right, let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for your word today. Thank you so much for this team that went and brought your word. I uh, love that story about the two men who gave their life to you. Lord, to be a part of that, to see that in action, to know that that happens on a regular basis. We're so excited about that and partnering with them. Lord, as people standing in your house right now, we take a moment, and, and Lord, we, we make the decision to follow after you. We make that decision. You don't need us to believe in you. The devil believes in you. You want us to follow. You want us to be disciples, to follow Jesus with our lives. And so we commit our hearts and our minds to that, to follow after you, to listen for your command, to do when do to, to ready, set, go, to, to lean forward and be ready to do what you want us to do, whether it's in our families, it's in our neighborhood, it's here in the church or it's uh, maybe in a different country, Lord. We, we want to be involved with what you're doing and what you call us to. We're so grateful for uh, all that we're able to be a part of. Thank you for sending your son to die for us so that we could live for you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen, give the Lord a big hand.
1: Thanks for being with us today. Be sure to like and subscribe and visit us at C3SWWA.com for more information about our church.